0: Instagram. Here he is. He's pissed off because the because the sound cut out. Yeah, I had to I had to uh come back. I had to go out and come back in. Pardon me on that. <laughs>
1: That's fine, man. Lamelo at pick three. Does the world underestimate the NBL? Well, I think the world recognizes the NBL.
0: I think the NBA recognizes the talent. I mean, think about it. History was made yesterday as far as basketball in Australia and the NBL. Like, think about this, man. You got a kid who came here, two young men, right? Got a kid that came here who was supposed to be a late first-round pick and played his way up to being potentially the number one pick and became now a Charlotte Hornet under the tutelages tutelages under the GOAT. Like, that's who's going to be teaching them. Michael Jordan. He's gonna be handed the keys to the car and he's gonna have a nice solid team around him and hopefully uh they can make playoffs. So that's just a great look for a player that had to have come through that next stars program to had to then go back to America to get drafted. Like that was his pathway to the NBA. So it was just a great um year just to be a part of that opportunity, that part of the journey, which was, you know. All of the parts of his journey was important, but this was the most important part because it let people know that he was the real deal. He did it in a world class league. He did it in one of the best leagues in the world. You know what I mean? So like we played we all played a part in it, and so it felt good to be a part of
1: that. That's awesome, Corey. I mean, you know, it is big and, and it does legitimize um that NBL as a as a pathway to the NBA. You mentioned um that it was not just one NBL star that got through. Who else got picked up and did any just miss? RJ Hampton.
0: RJ Hampton was a next star as well, who got drafted by Milwaukee. However, via trade, he landed in Denver. So, you know, he's gonna be on like he's gonna be on a crew. You know that team, that's the that's the mm-hmm. comeback kids. You know, they don't start playing till they're down three zip. Mm-hmm. So uh it was just incredible to just watch his. He didn't have you know, he, His team was stacked, so he didn't have the opportunity to play as much as Melo played in a consistent basis, but I think the route that he went will benefit him even more later because he, he definitely, he's going in with a chip on his shoulder. He got a lot to prove, so um he wants to let everybody know that, you know, those other teams that passed up on him, that he's going to let them know. So I wish him the best as well, and we also, on his team, they have a former NBL player as well, so you know I'm pretty sure he'll take them under his arm. Denver Nuggets, I'm oh. talking about. Oh wow, him. who's that, Corey? Uh, jeez, jeez. Uh, just totally
1: on RJ, right on RJ, I had um, I was hoping that he would stay at the Bucks because um, I'm like, they've got Drew Holiday who's always injured, and I'm thinking <laughs> this guy could be a starting point guard on a uh on a on a ring turn. This could be huge, but unfortunately they they on traded him. I got you right. Probably the thing that, that shocked me the most on the
0: day. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. It was Tory Craig. He used oh, to Tommy play Craig. with Cairns, Cairns type hands, and he used to play with the Brisbane Bullets. And he nice. got an opportunity from Summer League. He outplayed um the competition during Summer League and got an opportunity to play with the Nuggets, and he's been with the Nuggets ever since. So shout out to Tory.
1: Had some good games too.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The thing that shook me the most was on – Early in the morning, we get that information that Anthony Edwards is just not that into you basketball. And <laughs> <laughs> what, what a strange thing to tweet! Uh, what did you make of that? Well,
0: I well a couple of things. One, I didn't look that deep into it because I felt maybe that was his agent telling him to say that so he wouldn't go to Minnesota. I kind of mm. thought that. I don't think any player would just say that the day before the draft, you know, with, with, with something that could potentially have you fall from number one. So um, but I'll tell you something that's interesting. He had a great freshman year. Obviously he went one, but his story, his mom died of cancer. You know, they it, 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 while he was growing up, you know, a home, the home wasn't stable. So he had to move into his grandmother's home with his mother. Mom gets cancer, dies a couple months later, his grandmother dies. So that was just so sad to listen to after he got drafted. He talked about, there was two pictures in the, in the draft room in, in his living room sitting next to him, which was his mom and his grandmother. So, I think, you know, that type of thing is, I believe, a higher spiritual being. Like he said, his two angels were with him, and I wish him nothing but the best. And when you hear a story like that, you know, it, it's fitting for a number one pick.
1: Absolutely. And you, you, talk, you watch that Last Dance documentary with Jordan, and you see the way that Jordan is always building things in, his, you know, in himself that is a, is a purpose to beat that guy, to beat that team. There's no greater drive uh, in a a young man or any man than to make the people that you know gave him everything uh, proud, and I'm sure that's going to take him a long way. Um, The next big surprise was a guy who kind of reminds me a bit like you, Stephen A. Smith. He he was uh, he was hot on this. Knox, Porter, Randall, Morris. Mitchell Robinson, why did the Knicks draft another forward?
0: Well, I think that it was more about the best available player. See, you got to remember that, one, outside of – that's the first thing. Yeah, This draft is a bunch of question marks. Obviously, COVID put a stop to guys that usually draft stock rises or mm-hmm. it decreases when you go to the NCAA tournament. So a lot of guys – They haven't seen that much of it. They might have sold maybe 10, 12 games maximum, 15 games in the college season before the tournament, and then COVID shut it all down. So here's what happens. Leon Rose is the mastermind over there right now with the Knicks. All he's doing is lining them up, and he's going to make a blockbuster trade, and he's going to get rid of all of those forwards. Oh, wow. That's what's going to to happen. You know, you hear rumors about Westbrook. Well, you're going to have to give up a whole lot, you know what I mean? You're going to have to give up a whole lot for Westbrook. You know, his contract is still huge. So um, Houston is in the rebuilding phase. So rebuild with a bunch of these forwards. We're about to offload and just give us Russell. I think Russell Westbrook is an incredible fit in New York. He embodies New York. Mm-hmm. He has the New York attitude, the swag, the style, and the game. And I think that's why he would be perfect as a Nick and you're going to have to give up a lot for him. So if Houston's in the rebuilding phase, take all of these forwards that we have and we will keep Obi Toppin who reminds me a lot of a young from New York and I know his dad, we used to play street ball together. So congratulations to the, to their family.
1: Nice. Yeah, it's good. I actually thought he could I thought he would go number 1. I thought that the the momentum, the hype was building for him to go number 1. So I think Patrick Williams, uh, to the Bulls, I've seen people's comments there. Um, Patrick Williams seems like he was the, the guy that no one expected, the sleeper. Um, who who, do you, who did you have on your sleeper list from yesterday's draft? I mean, the, the, the biggest sleeper for sure
0: <laughs> who would be Patrick Williams. Like, yeah. isn't that the guy that averaged, like, nine points a game off the bench? Like, <laughs> how did that even occur? You know what I'm saying? Like, He must have showed them something we don't know. But um, I think the biggest, one of the biggest surprises for me was um, Danny Alvita. Um, He went real high. as the first Israeli lottery pick ever. And, um, you know, damn right, he was supposed to go because he is legit. This is a guy who played EuroLeague games. He's been playing over 100 games pro at, at a high level. In, in Europe and in the Israeli league. So I think he's going to come in and be impactful. I think, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have done that route, but I don't think they have they have been immediately impactful as far as Europeans like Luka, right? You have those game changes that come, and I think that this guy is going to be almost on that level. You know, what I mean, Luke is a freak. We know this. but this guy got
1: some serious game. Corey, you know Corey, I mean? Corey. Like, I, I hope, I hope he is because no, because legitimately, um, my wife uh, is a patent attorney, and I'm legitimately trying to get the trademark around God Villa because I think it, I think it's gonna just blow up. <laughs> <laughs> you see that?
0: So, I literally, I believe he's gonna come in and have a big, impactful season. Because these guys are playing against grown men abroad. And I think that people sleep a lot on international leagues because the people I'm talking about are, you know, and I can say this, like, I'm American, right? And we know basketball in America is the superpower. We have the NBA, right? So with that, we watch only what we know is the best, which is the NBA. These are analysts watching their league. So they have no desire. To watch any other league time difference they they're focused on their job so they don't know they're not as educated as we are on what's going on in these international leagues so that's why you know a lot of the stuff that they say I mean they, they don't have any notes or real facts to back it up they're just looking at it like oh it's just a league overseas you know and, and that's it and that's why they get it wrong a lot but I believe that the trend you know, you can find a lot of diamonds in the rough in over in international leagues, and that's what's happening.
1: There's definitely a push towards that. I mean, you look at the amount of international players on NBA rosters. That did it start with Ku coach? I'm not sure. Like, was he? One of no, the it, didn't.
0: it was way before Ku coach. But I believe, like, you had Drazen Petrovich.
1: Yeah, you know, Drazen yeah. yeah.
0: Petrovich was a was a beast. God bless the dead. You know, he was. He was serious. You had Arvidas Sabonis with two bad yeah. knees giving out work, giving out work. You know. Then you get to on, on the next level. You got Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. Mm. You know Dirk. You know. Now you got championship winning international guards that were impactful on their teams. You know. So then that that opens the door. But you always need that one that really breaks it through to gives it to give validity to international talent.
1: Vladdy, I, I met Vladdy once. Vladdy, uh, uh, oh, no! Old, old school Sacramento Kings, Vladdy Dibars. Oh, so he was a just, just, he a, just a, a, a great guy, great guy, really, really nice, kind guy. i like hear stories about him, but but he seems so giving. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey, I to I want to rewind uh, to to little Corey, to baby Corey. Did <laughs> did did you? Were you ever in the draft lottery or did you ever make a push to get there? Did you go through any of that process? No,
0: no, I didn't. Um, I went to a small university, and I think that, you know, how it is now isn't how it is. I was pre-social media, one. And two, I might have finished up my senior year averaging like 10 points a game. So I would not have had the opportunity to even get a shot at getting an agent let alone um going into those pre invitational pre NBA draft combines that can that you can play your way up on the draft board. So, you know, I literally had no other opportunities but to try and create an opportunity on the playground. Just lucky enough, you know, it
1: worked out. I've got a question for you then. Um and this really would like I'm really interested about this. Because I think it plays a lot into cards too and particularly it plays a lot into people that prospect on these guys early, people that maybe collect RJ Hampton or guys outside the top, let's say, 10. What is it that changes between Corey Williams not being able to even get an agent to get into a draft lottery to getting onto an NBA list and those guys that do get through the lottery, let's say an Anthony Bennett number one pick, and fall off an NBA list. What happens in that four or five years that changes those paths?
0: Well, basically what happened is timing, opportunity, timing with, you know, when you get drafted, um, who's at your position on the team that you're now on, will you get an opportunity to play, how hard do you work on your game, and does, does your game develop and transition into a continuing to add value to that organization so yeah your name get called for those you know few minutes or those that draft is about two three hours that process but now it's time to really go to work because you've gone to another level where there's elite talent so you're going to have to you know do that work and put in the work and catch up every level you go to you're going to have to become a you're going to have to become a different version of you a better version of you in order to continue to add value. That's just how it works. So the guy. How old were I, you?
1: How old were you when you were like, no, nah, fuck this. I, I'm going to, I'm going to get on an MBA list and, and this is how I'm going to do it. I was
0: 22. I graduated college at 22. So I, mean did, you're four, a young I man, did four you're... years, four and a half years
1: in, uh, in college. Man, it must be big. Like it's, uh, it's a big thing to to know there's that many people in front of you, and to still go for that as your dream. Like that's normally when people go, nah, you know what, you know what, I don't, I don't mind accountancy. Like, I don't mind selling sneakers. Like, I'll just do that. Um, so that's a big call. You're Well done, man. I mean, thanks, man. But
0: like, it's it's extremely difficult because you're betting on yourself. And if it doesn't work, you have nothing to fall back on because you're all in on your plan A. Now, a lot of people, and there's nothing wrong with that, but a lot of people wouldn't bet on themselves in that manner because there's there's nothing, to, there's nothing to fall back on. You know, and that's why people would rather get at nine and five because you're going to get steady income. You know, you clock in, you clock out, you do the job, and that's it. Right, so it's just really on how you vision yourself, the type of life that you envision yourself living, and the type of happiness that you want. And you know, it really comes down to how bad do you want it, and how much do you love it, will determine what you're willing to do
1: to hit whatever goal you're desiring to hit. It's a great point. It's a great point. Um, I won't keep you much longer, but I I'm interested. We've just lost these two great uh, young. Potential stars from the NBL to the NBA. Let's go. Let's let's go there. I'm ready. It's great. And I know the NBL want trading cards. The the the, the number one guy in the NBL, and and maybe even um, your mate Larry. Uh, I think they they would love the idea of trading cards, and um, that'd be something that would be really cool if it came to fruition. But if the NBL if there was a trading cards for the NBL next. Year, Top rookies, those new guys in the NBL that can maybe get to the NBA lottery next time. I got two names right now off the top of my head.
0: I've got a Josh Giddy, get that pen down. Josh Giddy and Mojave King. These are the these are the new next stars in the NBL, and both have tremendous upside. I'm going to start with Josh Giddey because he played his first two preseason games already against the Brisbane Bullets, and he showed out Showed out big. He's one of the best passes we're ever going to see in this league, especially at his age. Nice height on him, and he just showed poise and his ability to be com- comfortable out there and run the offense. So mm-hmm. I think that he's going to have a tr- – he has a tremendous upside, and I just feel like he – Is going to have a really good year and you know um i reach out to a lot of people via dm and i just talk to them and uh i just want to see these young guys understand the opportunity that they have and capitalize on it especially you know every young kid who hoops, watch the draft right so after the draft was in was done you know i reached out to him and i reached out to mojave and i said understand the opportunity that you have, understand the moment that you're in and understand that the next eight months can change your life. Play every game like it's your last. Don't take no days off. Give it all you have. And in eight months, hopefully your name will be called just like their name is called.
1: Man, I hope that Mahave um, King gets there because that is a cool name. Like that is I love names. That's a cool name, but
0: yeah,
1: I'd happily change that one. Um, Corey, you've been wonderful. I certainly think that you've given a huge amount of value to to the people that are looking at those new sets. Of course, we've got hoops comes out in January, I think, and then Prism. Um, they're going to want to be jumping into these guys in their first NBA uniform cards. And uh, if they're looking ahead, keep your eye on um, on Josh and Mojave in the NBL. Which is just going to erupt, I think. I think the world is going to watch the NBL, as another person calls. T- no doubt. Some support this morning because I've answered about fifteen calls there. But um, this is this is a big year for the NBL.
0: Definitely, definitely, man. Shout out to Josh Green, another Aussie in the NBA. Oh, cool. Just Josh got Green. drafted by Arizona. He went to Dallas. He went 18th yesterday. Aussie dude. Aussie dude. Wow, nice. That's yeah, yeah. Shout out to Will Weaver. Coker from the Sydney Kings that just got the job as an assistant with Houston Rockets. Shout out to Jay Sean Tate, who's going to be in the NBA this upcoming season. Shout out to Will Magnate from the Brisbane Bullets, who's going to be in the NBA next season. So that's my point. I say it all the time. This ain't a cupcake league, and the world is seeing. It. They're getting drafted. Oh, and shout out to Justinian Jessup, who the Hawks had signed. And he got drafted last night by Golden State Warriors. 51st wow. pick. So, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Yo, listen, man, this is a great time for Australia. Ain't no better time. Your Boomers is, is nationally, uh, yeah. internationally ranked third in the world. Wow. Bring on the Olympics you know. now. Let's go. Japan is coming up. Japan is coming up. Brian Gorgian is back as the national team coach. So- Like, there's so many things going on with basketball in this country. Like, it's the junior level, right? At the junior level, you have one of the best junior programs in the world, the Center of Excellence in Canberra. It's one of the best in the world. And on the grassroots level, basketball is the most participated sport in the country. It's a great time for basketball on
1: every level in this country. How good. How good did did Gorgon look with the big beard? And the, he, looked, <laughs> he looked like looked like a character in a TV show who'd been away for a few seasons and had just come back from like some massive sort yes. of battle. <laughs> Go Gorgon, yeah, that's, that's a legend, man. Um, Corey, thanks again for your time, man. Appreciate you guys. You see, Corey's in our breaks all the time um so he's checking out the brakes and uh, and collecting as well i'm sure he's going to have his hands all over the mello cards oh, you and better believe uh, it make sure you follow him if you want to stay in touch with the mello because you guys you guys connect a bit um yeah, we'll catch yeah, up again Matt. soon <laughs> yeah for sure for sure thanks so Corey. Peace.